0: All right, today we are doing a really nice short conversation about do calories matter? Because I hear this so often and it's, listen, it's a hot topic out there. Calories in, calories out. And for a while, we kind of, we moved away from counting calories. And I'm all for that. I'm all for moving away from counting calories if you are Let's say recovering from an eating disorder. If you were a competitor like myself, where you were, let's say, hyper obsessed, a little bit of orthorexia, where that counting of your calories and tracking your food every day literally makes you go off the deep end or could be a substantial trigger for an eating disorder. But knowing your caloric intake is very important if your goal is to either lose weight, maintain your weight or let's say put on weight and put on some lean, sexy muscle. Now, the question of do calories matter comes up. And when we look at it from a scientific point of view, the answer is yes, because a calorie is a unit. It's a measure of energy. And food, when we take it in, has a certain amount of calories in it. Now, this is done. Food is tested in a lab. Do we know 100%? that the amount of calories that's on a label or that you can look up for a chicken breast or a filet is the exact amount of calories that you're getting in that six ounce chicken breast or that four ounce filet. No, it's not 100% accurate, but it's pretty darn close. So when food is studied in the lab and it has to be measured and studied prior to coming to market, whatever product it is, whether it is The piece of chicken, which we kind of all know the calories in four and six ounces of chicken, it's at least embedded in my mind from my days of bodybuilding and, and powerlifting and having to measure my food out. But the new foods that come to market, let's say a brand new protein bar, it has to go through a process of being measured to see how many calories and what are the macronutrient breakdowns of that particular product because it has to go on the label. It has to be approved. It has to be approved before going to market. So we can pretty closely guesstimate based on what we can look up, based on what is already documented, how many calories are in certain foods. Now, coming up very soon, actually this week, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Lane Norton. And it's going to be a really, really fun interview because I know that he gets into calories in, calories out. And he is not at all on board with low-carb ketogenic diets, with the whole notion of high insulin levels making you gain weight and causing adipocytes or your fat cells to grow and expand. And he really does a great job at blasting through these studies. But for the sake of this discussion, we are going to bring in the topic of insulin and insulin response in terms of the types of food that you're eating. So number one, calories in. And oh, wait, let me go back a little bit to Lane Norton. He also has an app called Carbon. Now I have no affiliation whatsoever with this app. I'm still paying for it. It's about $10 a month. You can download the app. And the beautiful thing with this app is I feel that everything that is inputted into the app is very, very accurate. And he also has a database of food in there of foods that we should really be eating like the Siete almond flour tortilla shells instead of some gluten-free or gluten-containing tortilla shell. He has in there Siggy's Greek yogurt. So if you're not avoiding dairy and you're going for the high quality Greek yogurt, he has Siggy's Greek yogurt in there. It's already there. It's already loaded. So I'm a huge fan of the Carbon app because it not only gives you the ability to set your... Desired or targeted caloric intake for the day, as well as your targeted macronutrients. It also adjusts as you go. So, let's say your goal is weight loss. You are going to put in your current weight. You're going to put in your desired goal weight. Now, don't go crazy. You guys should all have realistic desired goal weights, but you put that in. And then as you are tracking your food daily, By the end of the week, it's going to adjust your calories and your macros, depending on whether you improved or stayed the same or God forbid gained weight. So it will adjust the macros for you. Kind of a really neat feature of the app. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because we all need something to track. I'm not a fan of MyFitnessPal. I think it's a goofy app. It's hard to use. And hey, what if you're eating real food and not man-made food and you're actually making something yourself? Well, you have to look up every single thing and basically create your recipe that you just put together and input that into MyFitnessPal. It's kind of a pain in the ass. I'm a fan of either the Carbon app or good old pen and paper. Remember when we didn't have apps and we actually had to write it down? So just look up the food and write it down. The reason why I'm suggesting to know your caloric intake is because calories do matter kind of. And that is my answer. We know that when you take in more calories, more energy than what you put out. So if you are sedentary, you're sitting at a desk all day, you're not getting up and even moving around. You're not working out. You are going to have a lower caloric need than an active person that is the same sex, height, weight, body frame as you you are going to need much less calories. And if you eat the same amount of calories as that identical person to you who is active, you're going to gain weight because those calories are going to be stored as excess energy. Remember, go back to how we were made. Go back to our ancestors, right? Our bodies know that there are times of feast and famine Our bodies know that there are times or were times where food was very scarce and it had to hold on to fat. It also knew to get the body ready for those times of famine that were to come. So our ancestors would eat a large amount of calories, i.e. energy, so that they could have excess body fat. It's almost like hibernation, right? Excess body fat, so the body could eat its own fat for energy during times of famine, and you wouldn't basically shrivel up and die and your organs shut down. If you are that sedentary person and you consume more energy than what you're expending, it will go into storage. Bottom line. Now, is it possible to let's say take that person and let's use some real numbers here? We're going to take that sedentary person. And we're going to say that that sedentary person is five foot two, 48 years old. I'm using my own stats here, but I'm going to use a higher higher body weight, right? So let's say that person is five foot two, 150 pounds, is looking to lose 10 pounds, but is sedentary. That person eating 1800 calories is probably a bit high for their height, their weight and their level of activity. Susie Q over here, who's an identical match, but is active, can easily eat 1,800 calories because she's most likely burning that off. We're gonna take her basal metabolic rate, the amount of calories that she's burning at rest, we're going to add on her activity, and then that brings up her daily allowance of calories to a much higher level than the sedentary person. So we go back to the sedentary person of 1,800 calories. So we know the 1,800 calories alone is going to cause adipocytes to increase. It's gonna get stored as energy. It's gonna get stored as body fat, period, end of story. Now let's look at the macronutrient breakdown and the quality and type of food that that person is eating in those 1,800 calories. If those 1,800 calories are lean protein, Actually, maybe even some fatty protein. Go ahead and eat a ribeye, maybe a filet, piece of salmon. You're eating avocado. Everything is clean. Everything is made from God and not man-made. There's no processed foods in there. There's a really nice balance of really good amino acid-based proteins, high-quality carbohydrates in the form of vegetables, maybe a piece of fruit, some berries, a sweet potato. And we're getting in some good fats in there as well. Then that person has a much lower chance of having that food be stored as 10 pounds. Maybe she only stores one to two pounds because it is still excess energy. It's still excess calories. So while she will still, the sedentary woman, while she will still put on a couple of pounds, she's not going to get hit hard with the poundage coming on, as opposed to this diet, 1800 calories of stopping at Starbucks for her Frappuccino latte. Oops, didn't pack lunch for the day. Got to go to Panera. Mm, That salad doesn't look so good. So I'm going to get me a turkey croissant roll and a bowl of soup. Oh, and give me that cookie too. And then we move on to dinner where she's rushing home to the family. And there's a stew for his lasagna in the microwave, followed by a bowl of ice cream. And her eighteen hundred calories is basically man-made, high carbohydrate, highly processed, high sugar foods that is having a direct impact on her insulin. She's not only going to store fat as energy from the excess calories. Now she's having an insulin effect. And this is where the insulin comes in. And Dr. Lane Norton, you and I are going to be talking about this. So that processed food that is high in carbohydrates and high in sugar is going to have an effect on the insulin secretion at the pancreas level. The pancreas is going to see the foods that she's eating, the types of food, the quality of food, and it's going to pump out insulin in response to that food. And it's going to pump out much, much more insulin in response to diet number two of man-made processed foods as compared to diet number one of really nice, clean, lean foods. It's going to pump out way, way, way more. That pumping out of insulin now is creating an insulin resistance component at the cell level because insulin is there for us to lower our blood glucose level. Insulin is there to push glucose into the cell so that we don't have elevated blood glucose levels running around through the day. If it can't do that, if there's just so much insulin in the body and glucose is so high that the cell itself becomes insulin resistant, insulin cannot do its job at the cell level. And now we see insulin as the hormone that it is. It is the fat storage hormone. It is needed for life. It is needed for survival. It is needed to bring down our blood glucose levels. But in excess, when that pancreas is pumping it out, pumping it out because you're eating garbage, now you're getting that high insulin response. And now you have a hormone that is pushing that excess energy into fat storage. So that is a situation where that 5'2", 150 pound woman is going to be 160 pounds because she will literally be up against a wall of excess energy, excess calories and excess insulin, which is pushing more into fat storage. So you can see that calories matter, but the quality of the food that you're putting in your mouth matters as well. Now, someone with a really good metabolism, Let's take someone who is non-insulin resistant, thyroid is optimized, testosterone is optimized, really good metabolism. Can that person, even on sedentary days, get away with 1,800, maybe more, more calories and not have that be pushed into fat storage? If those calories are comprised of quality lean protein, of high quality vegetables, nothing processed, maybe a little bit of dark chocolate here and there, but you're not pumping in the the Starbucks Frappuccino with the excess sugar and the pasta and the bread and the Panera stop and the gluten that's probably even in the Panera soup, by the way. Very high, high carbs in Panera soup. I've looked them up. They're really high. Is that person going to be able to handled the 2,000 calories of high quality food? Yes, because that person's metabolism is running higher and the insulin is lower and more under control, then that person will be able to handle a little bit more calories of high quality food. But if you flip her over to the junk diet, the standard American diet, basically, then even a person who is optimized In their thyroid, in their hormones, in their insulin, you will still have a response. You will still have an insulin response and it will take a while for that person who's not insulin resistant to become insulin resistant, but they will get that effect of laying down body fat based on the excess calories and the processed food. If they stayed over here with the clean food and had a little bit of excess calories, they probably wouldn't pay the price. Now, I'm talking about this because so many of you are on the optimization path. Maybe we're working together. Maybe you're working with a skilled, qualified thyroid and hormone expert who knows what the hell they're doing, not just functional. We're going to clarify that because there's plenty of functional and integrative practitioners out there that do not know anything about the thyroid. You're working with a skilled practitioner. You're making strides. Your numbers are looking better. Things are looking really good on a hormone level, thyroid hormone level, insulin level, testosterone level. Those are your main hormones for a metabolism. Things are looking really good, but you are still not losing weight. I really want you to come back to tracking and calories. And again, provided that this isn't a trigger, provided that you don't have a history of an eating disorder or of biohacking orthorexia. I don't want to trigger anything here, but we do have to face the facts and we do have to look at things as they are. And the reality is, if you're struggling losing weight and you are optimized in all areas, maybe you're just eating too much. And it's so easy for us to miscount in our head when we roll through the day and we go, well, I only had three eggs for breakfast. That's all. Did you really? Oh, well, you know, after breakfast, I was kind of hungry and I was, I was driving to the office and I did stop at Starbucks and I was fully planning on just getting a black coffee, but they had the pumpkin spice out because it was the holidays. And so I got a pumpkin spice latte. I totally forgot to write that down. Then we move on to lunch. Recall for lunch says, oh yeah, that's right. I brought a salad with chicken to lunch." When we don't write it down, we forget about the Hershey's Kisses that you picked up walking past your coworker's desk and the little stash of chocolate that you have in your own desk. And the the pit stop at McDonald's that you made on your way home because you were so starving and hangry from all the cramped food that you ate all day that you end up stopping on the way home, even before you eat dinner. And then you get home, and yes, you fully planned. You have the steaks sitting out. You got the stir fry veggies already made. But as you're making this and you track your steak and your stir fry veggies, you completely forget that you grabbed the potato chips and you popped a couple of those in your mouth as you're making dinner. And then you totally forget and you totally forget to track the little bites of whatever food was left on your kid's plate as you're cleaning up from dinner if we don't track, we don't know. And it's very, very easy to sit at the end of a week and say, I did so well. I did so well this week and I haven't seen a pound gone. And Dr. Amy says that I'm optimal, but I sure don't feel optimal because I'm not losing weight. Maybe it's the amount that you're putting in. Maybe it's the amount Of calories that you're taking in. If you're not tracking, if you're not documenting every single thing that goes into your mouth, that could, I'm not saying it is, but that could be the key component. Now, let me give you one other take. What if you're not optimized and you say, I am tracking, I am tracking every single thing that goes into my mouth and i still can't lose weight i am in 1200 to 1800 calories it is exactly right for my body i'm keeping my carbohydrates low i'm getting in the proper amount of protein i'm getting getting in 120 grams of protein i'm getting good quality fats and i still can't lose weight i'm even keeping my calories a little bit maybe a little bit lower than what it would take me to maintain and i'm still not losing that is because you're not optimal. And that is where calories don't matter. Calories do not matter when you're not optimal in your thyroid, your insulin, and your hormones. Because if you are not optimized, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how much exercise you do, activity you do to increase your energy output right? To increase the caloric burn, going back to those two examples of the sedentary and the active person, when we compare them, what if you're the active person? You're doing all the things. You're staying within your caloric allowance, we'll say, for lack of a better word. It's not going to happen until you're optimized. And the reason being is because the thyroid is the master gland and it's controlling your metabolism. It's also having a downstream effect on very important hormones like insulin and like testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone. Until you optimize the thyroid, your insulin response, even to really good food, even to God-given food, nothing processed, nothing man-made, your response is going to be, store that food as fat because we don't have a metabolism to take care of it. The basal metabolic rate is down here. It's so low that we can't even take care of a baseline of 500 calories, let alone 1,200. If you are not optimized, it doesn't matter what goes in your mouth. Don't even bother tracking. It'll make you lose your mind. I know because I hear you. I hear you guys come to me and say, I am doing all the things. I'm doing everything right and nothing is happening. And I see it. I see your food logs. I see your journals. I see the fact that this is perfection and you're lifting heavy shit and you're doing all the things and you're meditating and you're doing yoga, you're doing all the things and it's not working. It comes back to optimizing your thyroid, stepping one step down, downstream, And looking at your hormones. Now I do, you know, my theory is both and. So we look at thyroid and hormones together. So we look downstream at the sex hormones. We make sure that your testosterone is optimal. We make sure that you're not in an estrogen dominant state. We make sure that your progesterone isn't in the toilet. And we look at insulin. And we say, is that insulin above a six? Is that A1C above a 5.1? Are you insulin resistant to where... Anytime you eat even good healthy foods, your pancreas is pumping out too much insulin in response to that food. And now you have excess insulin in the body. And now that's just storing all that good food as fat. And you're up against the brick wall. We have to look at all those components because if we don't, then calories, they don't matter. Calories don't matter because it doesn't matter how low you go. You're not going to lose. And what you're going to do, and I know you because I was you. What you're going to do is drop your calories so low out of desperation and frustration that now you're going to shut down your own metabolism. So remember how we talked about our ancestors? Let me circle that back around, tie it all up. Our ancestors knew that there would be times of feast or famine and prepared for it. They knew that during times of feasting, they would put on excess body fat Because during times of famine, they would lose. Now, there are also times that there was no food available whatsoever, and our bodies became smart. Something called the starvation response kicked in and got programmed into our bodies. And this is to say, and it can be very much be tied to very similar to reverse T3, and starvation can actually increase reverse T3. When you eat, Too little calories for too long in an attempt to lose weight, your body will actually hold on to fat for dear life. It will raise your reverse T3, it will drop your T3, it will slow your metabolism to a screeching halt in order to protect you, in order to protect your organs. So if you are in that frustrating place and you are consuming too few calories, or let's say you're really crazy and you're doing the HCG diet, which calls for 500 calories a day, your body is going to hit a point and you might lose a little bit in the beginning, but it will absolutely hit a point where it's gonna then hold on to your body fat so that it can just very slowly tap into it for survival. It's gonna hold on to that body fat so it protects your organs and it's not gonna let it go. And you do this long enough and I've worked with some of you who've done this, you do this long enough and you will have no metabolism at all. And then you start to gain. And then that 500 calories doesn't matter at all. You start to gain weight. You are gaining weight on a low calorie diet because there is no metabolism left. You've literally shifted your metabolism. So that is also a place where calories don't matter. Because it doesn't matter how little or how much you take in, your body is going to hold on to it because you have shut down your metabolism. And in those cases, is it possible to heal? Yes. You have to do some basically reverse dieting. You have to allow those calories to come back up. You have to track daily. You have to optimize your thyroid and hormones, obviously, because those have been in the shitter because you put them there. And you have to adjust. Mentally, to the weight gain that's going to happen before it levels out and before you can drop back down and start losing again. That's a process that you really don't want to go through. It takes a very long time. And if you're there, I want to give you hope that it can change, but you got to have patience. And if you're not there, I am pleading with you don't do it to yourself. Competitors, fitness, figure, bikini, now, bodybuilding. I was in your world. I know what happens there. And it's very, very real. It's a very, very real thing that occurs because you go so low for so long. And if you have a bad coach that put you on too low of a calorie diet and had you doing cardio twice a day, you are destroying your metabolism. If any of you are working with a doctor who did the HCG diet with you and gave you those bullshit drops and put you on 500 calories a day, your metabolism is destroyed. We have to rebuild it. So that is a time where calories don't matter because it's not going to matter what you do and what you put in your mouth. You're going to gain weight because you shut down your own metabolism. So the answer to do calories matter is yes and no. Do I encourage you to track? Do I encourage you to know your caloric intake and your macronutrient breakdown on a daily basis if you are struggling to lose weight? Yes, I do because sometimes it does come back to that. And in functional medicine, we focus so much, myself included, because I want your thyroid optimized, I want your insulin optimized, I want your testosterone optimized, I want your hormones optimized. We focus so much on that that we almost lose sight of the basics. And sometimes I, purpose of this podcast as well, need to bring my patients and myself along with them out of that mental state of hyper-focusing on more T3 and more testosterone and more of this and more of that. And let's get back to how many calories you eat what are you putting in your mouth? What do those calories look like? What does the quality of food look like? And don't just recall, write it down, write it down and document so that you can have a total, so that you can have a number and so that you can go back and look at that journal, at that food log, at the Carbon app and say, wow, eye-opening. I thought I was only taking in XYZ, calories, carbs, protein, and I'm taking in, wow, way more calories, way more carbs, way too little protein. I really, really hope this helps both my patients and my listeners to give you one more thing to think about because we've gotten so far away in this space, in this health space, nutrition space, functional medicine space. We've gotten so far away from the basics, from the energy that's being put into your body, from the types of food that's being put into your body. We've gotten so far away from the basics that I think we need to revisit it every so often. Just like we need to revisit sleep, just like we need to revisit, are you on the freaking Peloton for 10 hours a week instead of lifting heavy shit? Revisit the basics while you are doing the more complex. Don't forget to track your food if you're on the struggle bus with weight loss.